beginning transmission 134, Battle Pope, file under Robert Kirkman Monk. このポッドキャストの今週のエピソードへようこそ。ドクター。ドクター。ドクター。ドクター。ドクター。ドクター。ドクター。ドクター。ドクター。ドクター。ドクター。ドクター。ドクター。ドクター。ドクター。ドクター
I know. It's great. That's why we love you. <laughs> and you do all the production work, which okay. makes it great because I just show up and talk. The other reason why we record these in advance is so I have enough time to do that and actually still live my life. That's true. So I'm here in Salt Lake. If you see me, come say hi. If And I'll just look at you funny and going, what? You're Who famous, man. Who the fuck I'm are you? famous. I'm not even YouTube famous. We could make that happen. Actually, we're doing pretty well on YouTube, oddly enough. We're, we're, getting, we? a, we're getting a few subscribers. Every once in a while, I get a notification on YouTube. That, like, cause I, to be honest with you, I put it on YouTube just because I'm like, oh, fuck it. I can. And it's easy. I'll do it. Yeah. We get a few subscribers. And I got like a notification the day of a new subscriber. So, hi, everybody on YouTube. How are <laughs> no! you? If, if this was, I would say it's not a visual medium, although it is on YouTube, but we're recording an audio podcast. I'm waving at you, but you can't see me. Uh, so, <laughs> the irony is not beyond me. So, XTube. X-Tube? X-Tube, yeah. I thought it was I thought Hamster. It was on, yeah, X-Hamster, yeah. Yeah. Hamster.com. Uh, <laughs> we don't talk about that. Xvideos.com is another The one. star of Bad Puppy himself, we have Mr. <laughs> Adam. Hey! Yes! Uh, what's up, everyone? I am the reviews editor and film critic for Big Shiny Robot. At least it's not cinema. <laughs> 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 Are you queer or some variation of it? Well, I'm Chris, and this is my co-host, Adam. And welcome to Cinema Queens, where we talk about queer cinema. Each week, we watch beloved queer classics, discuss them, review them, and cover a whole cluster of topics from our favorite scenes, what they mean to us, how it relates to our current world, and the best part, the cherry on top of the sundae happens to be... Gay Rant! So prepare your ear holes! And listen to us queens talk cinema. New episodes drop every Monday on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Sure. Bye bye. Uh, and we, uh, I've kickstarted off things with a Border Cell podcast with Andy Wilson again. Hi, Andy, Andy Wilson Andy. again. Uh, and then, of course, as we've already mentioned, Cinema Queens with our good friend Chris Stout. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. Uh, and also curating our Scruff Grinder and Types with the Z account. Yes. Uh, and back from New York, our returning champion, we have Mr. Maya. Hey, I'm Maya. I do things on the internet. Uh, come follow me on Twitter at Mr. Maya. Or Instagram at the Mr. Maya. Let's talk about things. And bursting his podcast cherry, I think. Are we? Are, are we your first? Uh, you are. Yes. Oh, hey, I'm we're sorry. Taking, <laughs> we're taking his podcast virginity. We have my buddy, Mr. Jason. Hi there. I'm uh, in Los Angeles and uh, happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Can we say you're a freelance writer? Is that what we can say your job yes, title uh, is? Freelance writer in Los Angeles. Most recently, I was the writer's assistant for the third season of Daredevil. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow, Which also means fancy. that off the air, people are going to be trying to ask you uh, info just so you're, you've been forewarned. I'm okay with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I figured as much. He has not spoiled much to me, dear people who are listening, who may you know employ him and myself. Actually, just don't leave your social media stuff up, and that you'll be fine. So yeah, it's true. That's very true. Anyway, uh, and hey, I'm Brian. I'm a sound designer based in Southern California. I do a lot of things that I can't talk about, which is why we don't talk about them now or ever. Or ever, really, yeah. I mean, some I do. I basically there's like a month in the summer where I talk about what I'm doing because it's the one project I can talk about. <laughs> Other than that, I don't talk about it at all. You make uh, sound happen. I do. I make sound happen in all sorts of interesting ways. And depending on when this comes out, I might officially be a grad student by the time this comes out, which is pretty exciting as well. Yeah, my final piece of paperwork, my uh, my letter of recommendation, which I texted a friend of mine and said, okay, they're going to ask you for a letter of recommendation. Just lie and say I'm wonderful, uh, <laughs> which was pretty awesome. So uh, that might be a thing as well. So if that's the case, that'll be fun. Brian, as if... I'd lie and say you're wonderful anytime. Oh, I appreciate it, sweetie. I really do. See, I wouldn't uh, be lying. <laughs> oh, that, that's because I paid you 20 bucks. Gave him a dirty halo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor you Jason, he's never going to do a podcast ever again. <laughs> do you guys want to explain what Dirty Halo is, Todd? Because you started this. Oh, that was before we, that started, was before recording. Before we started recording. Yeah, uh, Todd. So while I was um, looking for different drinks or things, I thought Dirty Halo, with reference to what we're going to talk about, was a pretty good name. So I plummeted into the bowels of Urban Dictionary, <laughs> and I found out that Dirty Halo is a modified version of the 69. So while you're enjoying said motions, um, you shove your head into the anus area and proceed to motorboat with your forehead, which will leave a stinky, <laughs> wow. a stinky smudge right on the forehead, <laughs> <laughs> which is said dirty halo. Sorry, no, no, no. Jason. Hey, I'm glad they have a name I'm for just everything. Glad someone out there has found uh, what they enjoy and are happy with it. It's a that's a very LA attitude of like, hey man, that's <laughs> pink man, whatever. Whatever you're into, like, it's all cool. There's with no, me. Pink, there's no, 
Yeah, you've <laughs> changed, <laughs> man. No kink shame here. Uh, so anyway, so cool. So we are reading uh, Battle of Pope. I'm sort of doing the Robert Kirkman month. Actually, we are doing the Robert Kirkman month in chronological order. But this is one of my gateway drugs. Um, also insanely blasphemous. And also part of the reason why I think Jason would have appreciated this book is because I remember Jason having an idea for something not similar, but probably equally as blasphemous when we were in school together. Um, a great little screenplay did you ever actually write that no i never actually got around to it but uh i, I this yeah. is a, definitely scratched that itch there were, i remember you making a few fake posters for sheldon christ <laughs> sheldon q christ that's correct like sheldon q christ yes. yes i threw in my own two cents on that one a few times but uh that was the uh, blasphemous little uh, side story we had but anyway so book intro the non-spoilery uh heads up about what this book is about also if you're catholic you're probably gonna hate this book <laughs> uh, Just a little bit. maybe or you'll love it i don't know i mean it depends on what kind of catholic you are i guess so basically what's happened is the second coming is come all the good people have gone up to heaven all the bad people are still hanging out down here with the rest of us especially people who listen to this podcast i'm sorry you're still here god decides that uh you know he probably should at least do something to help his people out so uh he calls on to the world's worst pope uh the, the pope who was whoring and sleeping and drinking around uh and so uh like you do i thought like that was the do. gorgeous Sorry, that was a historical reference. I have no idea what you're talking about. All right. Oh, yeah, that's that was that's the, fair. the naughty pope. <laughs> he was the oh, naughty pope. Okay, so see? So that basically, the, the pope is now on a quest to uh, defeat hell and try to bring uh, a little bit of uh, sanity and goodness back to the earth. Does that sound like a fair, non-spoilery answer? Yeah. Yeah. This book yeah. Okay. My application. Mr. Maya, you have been gone. And I know this is an image book. I don't know if it actually has a classification on it. Oh, it does. But what is the myification for this book? Uh, this might become know. the Toddification because he did a really good job while yeah, you were gone. Todd, you, you do it. On this Todd, what's the Toddification of this? You know, it's a warning to people sensitive to having their, um, you know, their religious foibles tickled. Foibles <laughs> tickled. That's right. And it's a foible tickling action adventure, is what it is. It really is. is. And 12 year old me is just giddy with how dirty it is. This <laughs> really, reading this book, is, if you're 12 and you read this book, I mean, this is designed, the art and everything. It's like, oh, it's like reading a pit house for the first time. It's fantastic. <laughs> I've never read one. Well, but, I can break your cherry on that. I'm sure they sell them somewhere. Do they? Actually, if you're 12 years old reading this, you have horrible parents. I know. It's the best kind. <laughs> I'm going to be an awesome dad. Drinking game. As we get started with uh, every week, we are going to jump into our drinking games. Mr. Todd, since you were the last one to speak, what is your drinking game rule? Mine, mine's called the Cursed Halo. Every time you see a halo, a blue halo is a blue or purple. I never know. Uh, oh, every time. I, I am colorblind. So will you tell uh, me? Uh, there it's yeah, kind of pink. pinkish. All right. Every time you see the uh, halo on the rag, you need to go ahead and take a drink. <laughs> the dirty halo. The dirty halo. Dirty halo is what you're calling it. Okay. Yeah. Mr. Uh, actually, we're just going to throw you into the fray. Mr. Jason, what is your drinking game rule? Uh, mine is the shirt says what? And anytime you can read the writing on a shirt, usually it's worn by Jesus. But if it's also worn by, I think, the uh, groundskeeper at the graveyard, uh, take a drink. I love Daddy's Little Angel the best out of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> mine is called H-E Double Hockey Sticks. Every time hell is referenced, uh, take a drink. Mr. Adam, what is yours? Uh, mine's called Blasphemy, 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 everybody in the room, <laughs> which hopefully everyone gets that reference. Uh, anytime there's something that's extremely blasphemous in here, like when the Pope's fucking someone or it's just horrible. Uh, and again, like we've done with my past drinks, uh, just do it once per page, you know, not per panel. <laughs> that could get ugly very quickly. And Mr. Maya, what is your drinking game rule? I'm also going to limit mine to once per page, but uh, it's called... Man, the apocalypse is bloody. Uh, anytime there's a gory page, take a drink. Oof. I have yeah. the drink for you. <laughs> I tried writing it down by hand instead of typing into my phone. I think I'm actually faster on my phone than I am in writing it by hand, which is really sad and really weird. Because your uh, fingers are cramping up from using muscles. <laughs> I, you're not used to. 
Dude, okay, so today I was at the gym uh-huh. and I felt like I was in a Bruce Lee movie. He had like basically like two halves of a pool noodle and he was clapping them together back and forth in front of his face and I had to punch through between the two pool noodles and then pull my hand back before they clapped back together again. And like that was what I had to do all day. And like I felt like I was in a Bruce Lee movie. It was pretty Sweet. it was fun actually. Get any concussions lately? No, because I I've, I've been smart enough to put my phone on uh, vibrate or on uh, do not disturb when I'm at the gym. Oh. Uh, I'm also smart enough not to tell you when I'm at the gym because I know that what you would do would just start texting me like a meme every five seconds for the entire hour. Exactly. Validity votes. Let us jump into votes. I don't know if I warned you about this, Jason. This is um, basically a yes or no if you believe that it is worth people taking their hard-earned time and money and effort to go hunt this book down and read it themselves. Uh, I'll give you a second to think about it since I don't know if I warned you about that beforehand. So we will start with Mr. Adam. Uh, yes, it was a lot of fun. I'm a yes. This was one of my gateway drugs into comics. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Mr. Maya. Uh, nah, you don't need to read this. Okay. Uh, Mr. Todd. Yes, Childish Me loved every minute of it. And Mr. Jason. Uh, mine is yes if you don't want to go too deep. If you don't want to go too deep? Correct. Meaning what, out of curiosity? Like, meaning don't read into it too much? No, it's just, it's, it's, um... It's a whole lot of fun, but it's just very surface level for me. Oh, 10-4. I yeah. got you. Yeah. It's a popcorn movie kind exactly. of Exactly. Completely. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Final warnings. Uh, does anybody have any final warnings before we uh, send these people on their way to sort of uh, start reading this book? Uh, just that it's if you're religious and you believe in it strongly, this is very offensive. So. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, it, it, why are you listening to this show? Well, you know, well, I, some people tomorrow. like to be challenged. Well, there's that too. Yeah. Yes. So you have been forewarned. Uh, and there's your other warning. When we come back from our little break of a break, uh, we're going to be spoiling the living crap out of it. So uh, just so you've been forewarned, that's coming on the other side. So uh, we will see you on the flip side. If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. At Push My Buttons Podcast, you can get all the gaming news, information on latest releases, game reviews, and you can even watch us play some of your favorite games. Everything from Sonic the Hedgehog to God of War on YouTube and Twitch. Follow us on all the social media and listen on all your favorite apps. Just search for Push My Buttons Podcast. My stroller I bought showed up. Ooh, how did that feel? You starting to feel like an adult yet? No. No? You know, I think one of my the most pointless question I've been asked, though, is, so do you think you're ready to be a dad? And I, well, I think at, you're going to be a fine dad. I think I'll be fine, but I just look at them and was like, that question is so immaterial. It doesn't matter. Yeah, if yeah. You're going to be one, whether you like it or not. Yeah, I'm like, what does that matter? And they're like... I think my best part, though, is my older brother says, a year from now, you're just going to have this crying and shitting baby all over the place. And I just looked at him without missing a beat. It's like, oh, Kent. Yes, my brother's name is Kent. It's like, I have a designer baby. Check the box where that part doesn't happen. (laughs) And in in, in like three or four years, you have someone to go get you a beer out of the fridge. I know. Teach him how to make drinks young. Yes. Not to drink, but how to make drinks. <laughs> That's right. So, like the kids in Mad Men. That's I was just thinking of that, actually. And then she grows up to be Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yep. Dude, that looks that so trailer nice looks and awesome. awesome. I'm excited about so, that. Jason, I'm, excited. Well, I'm, I'm very public. I'm going, we went through IVF. Mm-hmm. So I did multiple rounds of in vitro to get my wife pregnant. So oh, wow. that's why it's designer, baby. That makes yeah. sense. Because it, I spent all the money ahead of time. <laughs> My favorite is is when they said, uh, "So you're gonna have a kid?" And you, uh, I think your response is always, "It was a group effort." <laughs> oh, this is fantastic! So we did four rounds. On round number four, there were three interns that wanted to join in on the implantation day. We said, "We're we're over everything." Wait, what? I know. <laughs> can, can you elaborate on that? What does that mean? <laughs> so what it was is like, yeah, come on in and come and watch. And I show you not. They're they're like, you know, just for your warned. Um, two of them are identical twins. I'm like, all right, that's fine. And then they come in, and they can't be more than 21 year old Asian twin mm-hmm. women. Okay. So, and there was another woman watching it, and it was fine. And there was the doctor, and then there was the lab tech, and then there was the assistant, and I was there in my bright orange scrub thing, looking. Oh, isn't this a romantic? <laughs> and 
this goes and people go, oh, so you had to make the baby. I'm like, yeah, it was a group effort. Asian twins were involved. <laughs> As it goes. And, and I'm sure. And they're like, what? And I'm like, I'm not kidding. That's how your child was conceived. Like, yes, I'm like, I'm not kidding. It's like, this Asian twin women were involved. I didn't even know their twin names. Women. But I know. I didn't even ask their names. It didn't seem important. It was Fook you and Fook me. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. <laughs> oh my God! Future Brian, you may want to uh, that one. I'm cutting out. <laughs> it was Austin Powers. I, I, yeah, but here's the thing, man. Like, I would, I wouldn't typically cut shit out, but that one, I'm, I'm probably gonna cut out just for your sake. At least we're not Cinema Queen. So I, I love that, Todd, at some point in time, your kid's going to ask, you know, where do babies come from? And you're going to be like, well, <laughs> you go into a story of Asian. <laughs> Asian twins where, have to be where involved. Do, where do regular babies come from or where did you <laughs> come from? <laughs> I'm going to save a recording of this and I'm going to give it to her on her 18th birthday. Oh, it's so great. All right. So, Jason, I'm also going to tell you this one. So. People name their kids ridiculous names. Right. This happens everywhere. Especially and they often use um, letters that don't make those sounds, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So how do you take this to the absolute logical conclusion? So in order to do this, it's like, what are you thinking of naming the kid? And I write it down for them. And what I write down is the numeral one with a comma, numeral two with a comma, <laughs> numeral three with a comma, the numeral five comma eight comma 13 and i just look at then i hand it over to them and they're looking at this and they're like what is this and i'm like well it's pronounced fibonacci (laughs) (laughs) oh man you're gonna give so many bad dad jokes i can already tell (laughs) it's gonna be so good and the thing is they looked at me like are you serious they're not quite sure if i'm serious or not and i'm like all right I'm just taking this forever. And they're like, oh, so what are you really going to name the kid? It's like, yeah, well, my father-in-law is named Glade. So there's names like Meadow, but I rather like Scenic Byway. What do you think of Scenic Byway? <laughs> it's all good times. I, He's like, what about Aubrey? I'm like, no, Aubrey's been done. What about off-ramp? Off-ramp or on-ramp. I'm not sure which one's worse. Mm. Underpass. Underpass. Yeah. Yeah. Both kind of names. Parkway. Yeah. You can always go with the green ivy. Traffic jam. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Road furniture. <laughs> yes. That's what, if you ever watch the Tour de France, uh-huh. every time there's like a roundabout or there's like a, a medium in the center of the road with like like plants in it or whatever, they always refer to it as road furniture, which I just think is a funny phrase. Yeah. Uh, Turnpike. So, anyway. Or for what? Turnpike. Ooh, Turnpike. That's a good one. Oh. I like that one. Yeah, but if she ends up being gay, that's just going to lead to a really bad nickname. <laughs> or the best. Well, she oh, already has her haircut ahead of time. I know exactly what her turnpike's haircut looks like. <laughs> <laughs> she drives a RAV4, has a lot of dogs. I can picture I was going to say Subaru. <laughs> it's always carrying a U-Haul around. That's right. Uh, the sad thing is I'll probably leave those jokes in. We'll cut out. <laughs> That's okay. At least we're not cinema queens. That's right. No lesbaru for you. I think it's, <laughs> that'll be your nickname. I think it's really funny that we ended up doing Battle Pope and there's a bunch of Jesus in this because we actually talked about fucking Jesus in the last episode of Cinema Queens. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Has, that, has that episode come out yet? Uh, yes, it actually came out today. Have you gotten any mail yet? No. <laughs> Who should they send the mail to? Uh, cinemaqueens at gmail.com. Oh, okay. M A I L or M A L E? Yes. <laughs> I had uh, a girl who kept trying to send me email like early on in computer days because I am that old. And she kept trying, I had a Hotmail account and she kept trying to send it to H O T M A L E and I wasn't getting it. Uh, so yeah, it was, uh, that was very amusing. I was I was a little flattered as well, but it was amusing that it wasn't getting to where it's going. So just to your hotmail.com, M A L E does exist, but all it is is a smiley face. That's disappointing. Plot summary. Mr. Adam, do you want to give us a quick summary of this uh, book? Um, I mean, there's not a lot to it, to be honest with you. It's just a lot of blasphemy. Yeah, basically what happens is that the uh, the Pope, the, the guy was elected Pope, uh, but he says, like, I'm a bad Pope. He likes to go fuck around and do horrible things. Uh, God comes back and says, I'm going to take all the righteous people to heaven. Uh, none of y'all righteous. Y'all fucked. So then uh, mm-hmm. he goes away. And then the gates of hell are opened up. The demons come and you know start a war with humanity to stop the losses. They sign a truce. So some demons still live in Earth, but then 
the gates to hell have been closed. Uh, the battle pope gets taken up. Uh, he gets in a fight, gets killed, goes to heaven, and God's like, well, you can't come to heaven, but if you take Jesus with me, go to earth, and then um, get to rescue the archangel Michael from Lucifer, I'll let you into heaven. Yeah, so that, that happens. So he goes back to earth. With Jesus, he goes to try to fight Lucifer. You find out Lucifer, what he wants is Michael's halo, because I'll combine with his devil horns powers will make him invincible, like more powerful than God. Uh, so they get there after being fighting these like weird zombie-ass demon creatures. Uh, the Pope gets uh, killed right when Lucifer gets the halo on, gets sent to hell. He actually tries to make the best of it. And he's been there for a couple months. He finally gets back to earth and finds out, oh, hey, I've been gone for 17 seconds. So God gives him his own halo to make him super-powered. He goes, has a big battle with Lucifer, and then Lucifer blowed up real good because uh, he's a demon he can't handle having a halo of power. He goes up there, and God comes down and says, oh, yeah, yeah, that was the whole thing. I just wanted you to rescue uh, Michael because I knew all along that the halo wouldn't work for him. And then says, you can come to heaven now. And then the Pope's like, no, I need to go back to Earth and fight and do that kind of stuff because that's what's expected of me. And that's pretty much the book. Tell me about Jesus. Jesus, I love Jesus. Uh-huh. Uh, t- talk about... Was that, was that for Jason? I think Todd was asking you to talk about Jesus, Jason. To, for me to talk about Jesus? Yeah, tell me about Jesus. <laughs> He's uh, essentially a, a stoner bro who is just trying to go through life, man, and it's just, it's all gone to shit, man, and he's just he's just trying to live and just be okay, and occasionally he pulls out a gun and explodes a whole bunch of undead zombies, because yes. uh, he's sort of realizes that, oh, I, I kind of have powers. Weird. Yeah, my kind of guy. It's also one of those things where it's sort of, it almost feels like his dad, he's like he's like the son of someone famous, and he's like, well, I have like a lot to live up to, so yeah. I'm just going to kind of roll with it, but like, he, he's it's sort of like this weird slacker. He reminds me of a lot of people I've met in LA, I will say that. Yes. <laughs> as, as we both have, I am sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, he reminded me of the dude. Yeah, cool. A little bit, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Later in the book, he becomes more like in future issues because there's about four trades of this uh-huh. book. Um, I have I've read all all four blasphemous volumes. He gets a little like five year oldy. Like he gets a little like just wants to sit around and eat cartoons or eat uh, cereal and watch cartoons kind of thing, which is also sort of a stoner bro dude kind of thing you know, as well. Brad but... Pitt from True Romance, that kind of guy. Yeah, kind of <laughs> like that yeah. for sure. Yeah, I, what was the name of the motel they stay in? Is that the Safari Inn? I think so. I can't remember. Jason, is that the same one that's down the street from Warner Brothers Studios, like in Burbank? It might be the one on Olive. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I drove by uh-huh. and I was like, I wonder if that's the same place. I I keep forgetting to go look it up, but I drove by a couple days ago and I totally forgot. I took my parents on the Warner Brothers tour. so It is the Safari Inn. You nailed it. Wow, see, there Thank we go. You. Is that the same one? 1911 Olive Boulevard near Buena Vista. Hells yes, I'm good. Holy yep. shit! Sorry, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause for a moment and pat myself on the back. I might throw out a shoulder of some kind. I'm so proud of myself. Analysis. I mean, what are people's thoughts, Todd? What are your, what are your thoughts? To start you know, out with? so this was really one of the, you talk about being gateway drug of comics, and I remember one of my visits out to you when I was just reading all sorts of stuff. I read this one. I read the boys. I read Preacher. And well, and I read one other one by you, and I'm just like, oh, this shit is awesome. Why, I need a. Were, were those all in my these collection? These are all in your collection. Oh, and you read all the dirtiest shit and that I have. Metropolitan. <laughs> I read those. Oh, yeah. Wow, that is that is quite an assortment. Holy crap! It was okay. Awesome, and they all scratched different yeah. itches for sure. Yeah, well, yeah one yeah. of them made you itch down there. You know, uh, that would be Transmetropolitan yes. made me itch. That's it what I was going to say, too. Yeah. That one definitely left the rash there. But with this one, and I Shot keep referencing to my pubescent boyhood, I mean, you take a look at the artwork, you just take a look at the lowbrow level of humor, and it's just funny, and it's poking fun at stuff that should be serious, or a lot of people take serious. And it's just like, you know, this shit's funny. You really need to make light of it because why not? And it, why not? It's there. And so it's a gasp because we're like, oh, this is offensive. And I'm like rereading it again, the uh, coyote ugly incident with the demon. That's got to be my <laughs> yeah. part and where the cross is made in Taiwan <laughs> prominently displayed. Oh, I, I missed that. But oh, okay. yeah. I see yeah. that made in Taiwan. Yep. And even the, um, as Jason had mentioned, the different worded shirts of jesus and daddy's little angel and i'm just like good grief this is just great it's all surface funny stuff 
but it's yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's one of Kirkman's earlier works. And um, reading up on this, it was originally just black and white. This colored reprints was a much later down the line thing that happened. This first came out just in inks. Yeah, I think, uh, and Maya can correct me on this. I think that when he started doing Walking Dead and Invincible for Image is when they published these through Image because originally it was through a different smaller oh, studio, no and that's when they did uh-huh. the color colorization. I think I remember reading that somewhere. Uh, so I'm pr- I'm like ninety percent sure that that's the case. That it had something to do with his starting to work for Image a little bit more exclusively. Because um, it's interesting now knowing that he's sort of uh, he's essentially the president he of Image Comics president, right now, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. So it's interesting because like, I'm used to seeing, you know, Robert Kirkman as president. It's, it's interesting looking back at this book of him being the writer and not being the president of Image Comics when this book comes out. Which It's just interesting for, with a future insight glowing. The guy who wrote this shit's eventually going to run the company that pu- published it. You know what I mean? Which is kind of right, funny. Because this isn't his uh, imprint or anything. It predates all of that. Nope. Yeah, it predates Skybound. It predates a bunch of stuff. So cool. Uh, Mr. Maya, what are your thoughts? Uh, honestly, I, w- I was reading through it and. I was very, I don't know. It might have been the the state of mind I was in or whatever, but uh, I think it's, I thought a lot of this book was really forgettable to me. Uh, Uh Uh-huh. I don't know. I just wasn't digging it. Uh, Nothing really stuck out to me. Um, Yeah, I, like, I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it. And, you know, next week, if you ask me, oh, remember Battle Pope? I probably wouldn't be able to tell you much about it which i think is almost worse than hating it uh yeah i I honestly don't have a whole lot to say about this book because it didn't really uh leave any kind of impression on me to a certain extent it is sort of like a mad magazine sketch that's drawn out over three issues you know what i mean did come out of this though it's you know Kirkman and tony moore where they first started working together and then after this they went and did walking dead well tony moore did for the first trade and yeah now we have walking dead but i uh, yeah i wasn't a fan there's nothing wrong with that i still love you i didn't hate it i was just (laughs) i wasn't underwhelmed i wasn't overwhelmed i was just whelmed well mr jason how whelmed were you well i did sort of uh, recommend the book Uh, i will echo some of those uh, uh statements in that i enjoyed it i enjoyed reading it but i i do wish it had delved a little bit more into um satirizing some of the uh hypocrisy of, of the religion and the church and, and all of that uh, sort of mythology in um, the way that it set up the conflicts. Um, but uh, for what it was in just a pure adolescent fantasy, it, it I mean, it, it nails that to a T. So that's, uh, or to a cross, really. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, I mean, it, I definitely did enjoy it, but I, I really wish they had gone uh, a little bit deeper with some of that stuff. In future issues, they get into a little bit more of the general religious stuff, but not necessarily, I don't think, in a way that you would find uh, satisfying for what your request is. You know what I mean? Um, it still plays in this sort yeah. of the sandbox yeah. of being sort of juvenile kind of, you know, fun. But mm-hmm. uh, so, Adam, knowing that you were not uh, raised Mormon, unlike me and Todd, I'm very curious as to what your thoughts are because you were raised in a religion more closer to uh, Catholicism than uh, I'm used to. So, what, what's your thoughts? Um, a little bit. I mean, you know, evangelical Christianity is is actually in a lot of ways crazier than <laughs> LDS religion or anything else. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, no, it's so I didn't know anything about this going in. <clears throat> I just knew it was you know a book we recommended. It was Kirkman uh, that. It was kind of satirizing, you know, religion. Uh, so I, I had a lot of fun with it. I mean, I'm kind of with Jason where I kind of wish they would have taken um, a bigger look at some of the issues that are like, you know, right now hounding religion, especially the Catholic Church. There's, you know, there's gold mines and stuff you could take on. Yeah. Uh, actually, <clears throat> as we record this last week, South Park did a really great uh, take on it, you know, with the with like the, the, the child abuse scandal and everything else. Mm-hmm. That was horrible and fucked up, but also it's like, yeah, that's kind of how things are going now. Like, you know, the, the cover-ups and everything else. Um, so I think it could have been smarter, but at the same time, boy, echoing Todd, like, 12-year-old Adam was having a field day with it. Because uh-huh. it was irreverent, it was funny, uh, violent, sexualized. Basically everything, you know, a, a growing boy needs. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go rush out and get the next book to read. I think I kind of, what I got out of the first trade will last it's enough for you yeah but it was i'm glad i read it it just it's not one i'm going to go back and revisit anytime soon because you know there's there's not too much to get out of it because 
you know, it's a very simple story. So okay, that is fair. That is fair. Uh, I mean, does anybody have any specific topics they want to kind of discuss in this book? I mean, it is the problem is this book is relatively surface level. There's not a lot of depth to it. Like it's fun, it's jokey, um, but uh, it doesn't necessarily like. There's not a lot of satirization, you know what I mean? As you pointed out, like it's kind of past the synopsis. There really isn't like a anything deeper to talk about. Yeah, there, yeah. there really is like no metaphor or analogy. Yeah. You can use to be like, oh, they were actually trying to get this point across. When it's like, no, just digging fart jokes. There, there is one mention to Alter Boys, That's but just true. One. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's very early, isn't it? It's like at least he wasn't into Alter Boys kind of thing. Something like, like that, yeah. Or, or the, maybe there's two because at the end uh, when he's fighting with um, Lucifer, Lucifer says, "You should have gone back oh, to Alter gotcha. Boy." Why would Jesus be wearing a Where's the Beef t-shirt now that I'm looking at this? It, Why not? Anyway, I don't know. Like, that, it's, it's one of those things where it's like that he, joke. He was, hip, kind of, he was hipster before hipster was the thing. Uh, was cool actually, kind of is. <laughs> it kind of is, to be honest. Like, Jesus in this book is the, you know, is the proto-hipster for, you know. He, that, that's what all L.A. guys are basing themselves after right now. Jesus died for your sins before you committed them. That's true. <laughs> so, Manny Bontans died for your sins, Adam. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> Manny Bothand is pure genius. <laughs> Cocktails. So, Mr. Todd, what is your cocktail? So, mine's a punch, and I'm calling it the Drunk Jesus. So, there's a. It's meant for a lot of people. Unless you're determined, then you can enjoy it on your own. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's a whole list of ingredients here. I mean, there's lemon, there's water, you've got whole cloves, star anise pods, cinnamon sticks. Um, there's freshly grated nutmeg. There's um, a bottle of dry red wine. I'd go with like a Malbec or a Soraya on that one. Um, and there's 18 ounces of port. Get something that's strong and in your face. Um, there's raw sugar and there's a whole orange quarter tossed in. So this is a punch sangria kind of. It sounds like sangria, yeah. It does, but this guy's pretty awesome. So what you need to do, though, is you need to remove your lemon peel with the vegetable peeler. Try to get a little of the white pith as possible. You only want the peel, not the pith, because the pith is bitter. Quarter the lemon and squeeze juice from two of the quarters into a glass measuring cup. You want about three quarters of an ounce and reserve the remaining. You want to bring the water to a simmer. Add your cloves, star anise, cinnamon sticks, and nutmeg to, to the water to make an infusion. Reduce the heat and let it just cook for about 10 minutes. Add your wine, port, sugar, and orange quarters and the reserved lemon quarters in it as well. Add your lemon juice and the lemon peel, then let that simmer for another 10 minutes. Remove from heat, strain out all the solid bits because nobody wants that. And then you want to heat that for a little while, just keep it warm. And then you want to pour an ounce of rum into each serving mug on top of that because what we're looking for is a strong sangria here. Um, top with this hot mold wine, garnish each with a cinnamon stick and a lemon wheel. Hmm. So it's kind of hot wassail mixed with uh, sangria with mulled wine all coming together, but guaranteed to make you feel good at the end. It reminds me of the, uh, I think it's Family Guy, when he goes to church and he has the blood of Christ and it's wine. He goes, man, that guy must have been drunk 24 hours a day. <laughs> no, it's Family Guy. That's yeah, okay. Well, Mr. Adam, what is your cocktail? Uh, so mine is called the Lucifer. Uh-huh. And what it is, it's uh, one and a half ounces of vodka, one and a half ounce of peach schnapps, one and a half ounce of SoCo, one and a half ounce of gin, two ounces of triple sec, two ounces of orange juice, and a splash of grenadine. You put that in a shaker with ice, shake the shit out of it, and then straight into a cocktail glass. That's kind nice of sounds like a uh, Long Island. It's a little like a Long California Island for you. So. Yeah, but you've got the, the SoCo and uh-huh. the page looks a little bit different from a normal Long Island. Yeah. Huh, okay. Good. Cool. Uh, so my cocktail is called the Father, the Son, and the Holy <laughs> Ghost. Uh, it is one and a half, half ounces of Tanqueray gin, three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice, three quarters of an ounce of red bell pepper reduction. There will be ingredients on making that red bell pepper uh, reduction on our website. I won't go through all of that right now. So one ounce of uh, chopped organic celery, uh, two uh, large sprigs of basil, one cocktail onion, and cracked bell peppers. Uh, you basically muddle the celery and one cocktail onion. Um, I've never even heard of a cocktail onion before. And one basil sprig in a bowl. It's like uh, a cute fill- little shallot type of a deal. It's those little it? onion pearls. Oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Fill a shaker with ice and muddled uh, muddled vegetables. Add the liquid ingredients. Uh, shake and strain into a coupe glass. Garnish with basil sprig and a crack of fresh black pepper if on top of you want. Uh, 
Mr. Jason, what is your cocktail? Um, mine is a very, very simple drink since I'm not the experienced mis- uh, mixologist you guys are. Oh, we're not experienced. <laughs> we just have Google. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm calling mine the uh, post-battle Pope. Um, yeah. It's just a little bit of pick-me-up uh, to curb that hangover. Uh, it's okay. one part uh, Red Stag, Black Cherry Whiskey, one part Club Soda, and just a little bit of honey. Nice. And Mr. Maya, last but not least. Yeah, so my drink uh, is called the Francis, which is named after Pope Francis. Uh, and it's got an ounce of Fernet Branca, which is a uh, an Italian a, type of. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's really popular right now for bartenders to like take shots of. So like, oh, is it? if you become if you become good friends with a bartender, like when when I've done some of the interviews with bartenders that we've had, like it's been a couple of years since we've done it, but when I used to go do the interviews with bartenders, they would always offer me a shot of Fernet Branc. Block, See, so, I always yeah. have Cosby and Fernet Branca stuck in my brain, mixed together. <laughs> Oh, yeah. On one of his comedy albums, he talked about Fernet Branca. Ah, gotcha. So, yeah, it's an ounce of that, uh, an ounce of aged Moscato Grappa, uh, an ounce of Carpano Antica, which is a red vermouth. Uh, half, this is a very Italian drink, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's a half a, half a teaspoon of Benedictine, Benedictine, uh, which is some sort of herbal liqueur. I had to look it up. And two dashes of Peychaud's bitters. Uh, stir it with ice and strain it into a rocks glass and garnish with a lemon twist. Okay. That is that is Italian. That is very Italian. That's super, super Italian. Parting thoughts. The story is very surface level. Level. I mean, you can talk about it in the 30 seconds Adam did and pretty much covered the bases there. It's the... Um, the artwork. I think it really was rather well done. There is that... I keep going back to this juvenile essence about it but it's just there there is a happiness with this artwork type of a deal you know mm-hmm. it's kind of like he's thumbing the nose of people and just happy about doing it and he's like let watch me poke the bear isn't this so funny it's a little punk rock it's a you little, know? yeah it's a little punk rock going about it but everyone's having a good time even when he's having a bad time he's having a good time yeah and i and it keeps things very fun in lighthearted, I think is really what happens. Is it's it's a very lighthearted, apocalyptic, bad behaving main character and storyline, and it's um, in keeping it nothing is too serious. So if anyone really does get offended and everything, it's like, dude, this book isn't even serious about itself. Yeah. So, yeah. So if people are, I mean, it's one of those things that they're. <laughs> if you're looking for offense, they can choose to be offended. And even yeah. if you are offended, it doesn't mean you're right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Any any other thoughts? You want to leave it there? Sounds good. We'll leave it there. <laughs> uh, so, um, Final grades. This is uh, an A, B, C, you know, A plus, B plus, all that kind of thing, kind of scale. Uh, we will start out. We have. Uh, three different regular ga- grades and then one overall grade. Our first of our regular grades is self-contained, uh, AKA how well we feel like this book uh, contains its entire story in itself. And uh, because there are multiple issues, sometimes this becomes uh, an issue, but I think uh, uh, I will say as far as self-contained goes, I would say this is actually very well self-contained. I'm going to go with an A minus on that. Mm-hmm. As far as self-containment goes, uh, Mr. Todd, you know, I'll be very close. B plus a minus. I mean, the whole you could tell when he was writing it, it was going, is this going to be picked up again? I better have a good stopping point. Yeah. So, and also, like, I mean, he has, like, one page to lead into the next issue. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, get, oh, yeah, I'm going to go save the world. Yeah, I'm going to go off and do this. And, bye. Yeah. <clears throat> bye, if not. So, I mean, the, he really did a good job because I think this was his initial story there. It's like, oh, there's more to do now? Huh. See what I come up with. But, yeah, so, yeah, B plus, A minus. It was very well self-contained. Uh, Mr. Adam. Uh, actually, I'll just go with a straight up A on this one because, you know, like I said, like, you know, I got everything I wanted out of this. If I never read another one again, I feel like I got the whole story and I'm not worried about, you know, because <clears throat> really, I mean, there aren't really any loose threads. I mean, yeah, of course, he says I'm going to go save the world kind of stuff. But, yeah, you know, you, you got what you wanted out of this. So. Cool. Uh, Mr. Jason. Uh, I'd, I'd agree with that. I uh, initially felt that it reached its conclusion. Um, lot sooner than I was hoping. I wanted it to continue on, but I like that it left it open for uh, more wacky adventures to continue. And Mr. Maya? Uh, for being self-contained, yeah, I'll give it an eight. Uh, I thought okay. it, was pretty, uh, it told a story on its own, own and left it open for more, but not necessarily uh, to the point that you have to read the next one to 
get this one. What I will say, okay. though, Maya, is in later issues, the Pope gets it on with Jesus's mom. <laughs> it's and true. God gets pissed. It's funny. Yeah. It's very true. Yeah. Uh, does, does it does it uh, treat the women any better in later issues? Oh, no, even worse. Oh yeah. Oh great. <laughs> okay. No. This in in the era of the Me Too movement, this book does not. Uh, yeah. Not, age not at all. This is no. Not no. No. Me Too movement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. This this is definitely a broy book for sure, and uh, under that under that microscope, it will it does not survive well at so, all. So what you're saying is yeah. it's for Kavanaugh's. <laughs> it's four out of Kavanaugh's. Uh, it, it, it might get four Kavanaugh's and three Trumps. So, okay. uh, you know, it, it, it does not do well. And, and, and uh, four. Right. Well, you know, three sum is a picking uh, game. Kavanaugh said so himself. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they were all tight. I did catch that. Yeah, he had a calendar out from his summer he spent. He's like, look here, here, here. And one of it was Devil's Threesome. And then uh-huh. asked him, like, on the Senate floor, he's like, what is that? And Kavanaugh's like looking there, like dead face, and leans forward and goes, "Drinking game." Uh-huh. I just leaves with that. I'm like, "Yeah, right." Yeah, aren't you a little old to be playing a drinking game? And we all have seen fa- or, uh, how I met your mother. We know what a devil's three way is. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> writing grade. Cool. Uh, for writing for Mr. Kirkman, what is your grade, uh, Mr. Maya? Uh, I'm gonna give it a C. Uh, okay. Like I said before, nothing, nothing great, nothing awful. It's it's there, Mr. Todd. You know, it's a B. It's fine. I mean, once again, it's very surface level. There's not a lot of deep meaning to unpack, but it serviced the story quite well. There wasn't inconsistencies going on. There wasn't glaring plot holes or things of like what the world happened to that. So mm-hmm. everything wrapped up well, and he had, you know, start, middle, and ending, and he did that well. So it's a B. Mr. Adam. Uh, I'll go with the B as well. And, you know, pretty much everything Todd said. <clears throat> this is, um, you know, if you're not squeamish and you don't get offended easily and you are looking to be you know get in the comics and you've never read it it's kind of a good entry level one for that because you know it's it's not like we're going to dive into watchmen and you know yeah find all the metaphors and stuff in that but i mean it is what it is it's fun so and i'm going to also sit there with a b uh mr jason i'm going to say c plus as well i think i mean it, it, it does the job but it, it could have gone uh deeper so Okay. Yeah. Art grade. For more and Staples, is there anybody else in the art team I need to take care of? I think that's about it. Yeah, Val Staples for colorist and Tony Moore basically does everything else. Yeah. Oh, and assist on stories as well. But uh, so for art, uh, what is your grade, Mr. Jason? Uh, I would say A minus. I mean, it's 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 beautiful. Um, I never actually saw the black and white stuff, but the color looks fantastic. Um, yeah, it's good. Uh, Mr. Todd. Yeah, I go along with that. This. The art is really what sells the book. So okay. It's, um, yeah, I give the A minus, B plus, because, yeah, the art makes it sing. Um, I'm going to sit there also with an A minus uh, for art, Mr. Adam. Uh, a minus as well for pretty much everything you already said. <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, Mr. Maya. Yeah, I'm going to give it a B plus. Uh, Tony Moore knows how to draw a comic book. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I dig his art, and that, that kept my attention a little bit more than the story did. Final grades. What is your grade, Mr. Adam? Uh, B plus. You know, it's, again, it's a fun book. It doesn't, you know, it's not deep. It's just kind of, you know, very sophomoric humor, which I tend to like. And mm-hmm. it, was, it was a good time. And like I said, the art's really great. It's a self-contained story. So if you never want to go read any more of it, you don't have to. I'm also at a B plus in general. Like I said, this is one of my gateway drugs. And so it was good enough to get me in. But uh on a second read, it's not as stellar as I remember it, but it's still kind of fun. Uh, Mr. Todd, what is your grade? You know, it's a BB plus. It makes me laugh. Even now, it just makes me laugh, and that's always worth something. Uh, Mr. Jason. I'm going to say B. Uh, it moves along very quickly. I was definitely engaged and had fun. Um, just wish there was a little bit more to it. Uh, and then Mr. Maya. Uh, I'm going to give it a C plus. Um, you know, there isn't really much I can add on to it. Uh Grade point average. And that gives us... Oh, wait, I did the math on that wrong. Hold on a second. Was that a C plus or C? C plus. You need to carry C the plus? one, Brian. I know. I, I did the math wrong. Hold on. Okay, hold on. I'll start over. Let's take one. some time. He, did, he went to art school. I did go to art school. With the denominator with the numerator and then divide by pi. I just got a headache. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that gives us a B average. Uh, that's a 3.0 average, so... That's we, we end up going with a general B on that's uh, that's pretty fair actually yeah I don't know why I started calculating out the grade point average but I just find it interesting like to it. see what it you nerd yeah, it, 
I know, I know. If I do it right, I the thing I've been trying to figure out is where to place my own vote so that I can try to do the math while whoever is talking last. I'm like, who's going to give the most explanation for their vote is my is what I'm trying to place my bets on. Is basically what I try to do. So how's your track uh, record on that one? Not great, obviously. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but I'll get it figured out in general. Cool. Does anybody else have any final parting thoughts about this book before we move on? You know, as an introduction to comics and the, just the medium in general, it works pretty well. Yeah. And it's not a bad place to start. Sometimes people's like, oh, I wish to get into this medium. And it's like, well, the last thing you want to watch is like the epic or going, oh, you yeah. like movies? Let's start with Das Boot. I'm like, no, you're going to yeah. shoot yourself in the head. <laughs> yeah. So as a bit of a primer, it works. Next week on Funny Books on Firewater. So next week, we are going to be reading uh, Invincible. I didn't realize this, but Invincible came out slightly before The Walking Dead. They came out about the same year. Um, Invincible definitely was one of my gateway drugs. Um, When I was working at a theater company in Vermont, uh, a friend of mine, I'd always wanted to get into comics, but I had run into the gatekeeping of like the super proto nerds who would, you know, laugh you out of the... uh, comic book oh, store if you tried oh, to come in and buy something five know. human green lanterns what's wrong with you <laughs> oh it wasn't even that like i i, I don't know jason I don't, remember, <laughs> I don't know if you were with us i know that uh that tyler was with me i tried to go to a comic shop in winston-salem and uh, i tried to buy kevin's one of kevin smith's comic books and they like laughed me out of the comic shop like they were elitist I- as fuck I remember you telling me that yeah yeah so i never did i didn't get into comics until i left north carolina and i was up at uh a theater company in Vermont or in, in Connecticut, and a, a guy I worked with was a, a comic book uh, reader, and so he took me. and He was he was uh, the guy who took me into a, a decent comic shop that wasn't gonna laugh me out of the room. But w- the two books that got me started were uh, Invincible and Walking Dead, and then Battle Pope, and then uh, I sort of built from there. But so yeah, so Invincible is uh, especially at the very beginning. Unfortunately, it's just recently ended. I love the book a lot, but it, after. 25 collected trades at least they're sitting on my shelf uh the story recently ended and uh the author, or the artist for most of the run uh who is a neighbor of todd's He's like two miles uh, he from is, my house yeah never met him not but that todd's stalking. Todd's such a stalker not, not not that you're stalking not him. at all uh but but uh, he's now drawing Spider-Man, a uh, guy named Ryan Otley. Uh, Ryan Otley does not do the first couple of trades, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, Cory Walker does the first. I think, I think yeah, Cory Walker does The first one and a half, maybe? I think he does, and then he comes. The second trade. Yeah, and then um, Cory Walker comes back later um, as they get towards like the ending of it. He comes back and covers in again as a little bit as well. But uh, it's sort of the thing I always loved about Invincible, at least from the very beginning, is it was a really good example of classic superhero tropes being kind of breathed the new life. Does that sound fair to people who've read yeah, it? Yeah. Uh, you know, like it, it made it make sense why you need a secret identity and why, you know, these, these things, uh, these challenges and coming into your powers and all that kind of stuff. Uh, there was a lot of really fun there. It explores, uh, I don't know if the first trade gets into the super team or not. It's been a while since I've read the first trade. So I get to go reread How it many with the, all of the y'all. first trade. Cause I have five, the, five or six. I have the, like Indium, which is like, Oh, gotcha. What is it? Like 40 issues, 48. Okay. Hold on a second. I, can reach book. I mean, this thing is massive. Four, four years worth of book. Yeah. Oh, um, also a fun little side note for those of you who uh, are have not read Invincible before and want to see something kind of fun. A vast majority, it's not 100%. Um, when they get into some big epic events, it doesn't happen as more. But a vast majority of their trades are named after 80s and 90s sitcoms. So the first trade is called Family Matters. Um, but like there's, you know, Facts of Life. And there's, I mean, there's a bunch of different... Uh, uh, names there. It's the first four issues, Todd. Okay, the first four. All right, first four issues. Yeah. Yay. Uh, so yeah, only four issues. That's going to be a nice, easy week. Um, oh, there's one other thing I I wanted to mention on this, but maybe we'll talk about it when we get to. Well, we'll talk about it when we get to Walking Dead. Remind me about that. Okay. Um, <laughs> talk about that. You're asking me thing. to remember something. And so I, Brian, you I need know. to tell me that one thing now that we're on Walking hey, Dead. Future Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Make a note. No. Okay, now I'll, I'll just say it now. This is the thing I found interesting about Battle Pope. Battle Pope, the, there's a, a, two different things that Robert Kirkman does, and I just think it's interesting, is he does it in Battle Pope, and he does it a lot in Walking Dead, where he doesn't show the, the break in comic issues in the trades. Oh, yeah. They just go from one to one to one to one to one. And so like it, it reads like its overall graphic novel. Walking Dead literally goes from one trade into the next trade and just doesn't break. Like it just keeps going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it always keeps going. And, and they, he kind of did that put, a little bit with Battle Pope as well. They put the covers at the end of the trade. 
Yeah, they put the covers at the end of the trade. Well, in Walking Dead, they don't put the covers in yeah, there at do. all. Like, not in my copies. Really? Yeah, no, I don't have them in my <clears throat> copies. In most of the trades, they don't put them in there at all. <laughs> um, whereas in Invincible, and I think we're doing Outcast as well, they'll actually put the the break in between each issues, which is just it's an interesting thing. Uh, there are two different ways of doing it, but it's interesting to have the same writer have like two different styles of which he he does. Oh. Uh, so anyway, that's just something I had noticed about this last book. But uh, yeah, so so we'll be reading Invincible next week, uh, which means that we're going to have to talk to Andy Wilson because he wanted to join us for that book as well. So because uh, he is a fan. Recommendations. Um, who has recommendations they would love to get off their chest? Uh, I'll go. Okay. So I've been texting you guys all week uh, about these 100 page yeah. giants that DC is doing. Uh they are a Walmart exclusive. They're usually up near the front of the store, like by the Pokemon cards. Um, but I picked up uh, all of the most recent ones, and I really dig them. Each each issue has like a 12 or 14 page news story, uh, and then the rest of the issue is all reprints. Um, but if you're able to go out, I have the third issues of the the four kind of ongoing that they have. Uh, there's Superman with a story by Tom King and Andy Kubert. Uh, and then there's the Batman with a story by Brian Bendis. Uh, so they're kind of switching their characters that they write the normal monthly books for for these. Um, Teen mm-hmm. Titans, there's a Dan Jurgens Teen Titans story. Uh, Justice League, there's a uh, Jimmy Palmiani and Amanda Connor uh, Wonder Woman story. And then this week they just came out with a Swamp Thing Halloween special um, it's not one of their regular ongoing ones, but uh, it's got a Swamp Thing story by Brian Azzarello and uh, Greg Capullo. So what I want to know is who huh. at DC got to tell Az- um, Scott Snyder that Capullo was working with someone else? <laughs> that was only for 12 pages. Yeah, but you, I mean, I don't know. Those two are bonded at the hip, actually. I mean, you, you've got Snyder will work with a couple of guys because, you know, artwork takes time and writing, you just put a bunch of words down in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly yeah, right. Say, yes. Say, say, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> no, it's. I mean, once you flesh it out, I mean, it's just. Yeah, there's a time thing there. The. Um, yep. I'm not saying it's. Uh, it, uh, what you're saying is it doesn't necessarily take a, a page a day to write a book, whereas consistently it takes a page a day for art. Yes, is what you're saying. Yeah. So I, I'm not trying to throw shade on the writers sure. by any means. Yes, you are. Don't um, lie. But yeah. This is going to come to Utah and throw yes, punches. I, I'll deserve it, too. I'm working out right now. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so far on, on these issues that I've picked up, I'm really enjoying the stories on them all. I just wish there was more than 12 pages, but that's, you know, I guess what will keep me coming back. All right. So it, it, that's all in one giant? Is that what you're saying? So, no, yeah. that's individual. There's a, they, so they have four monthly books. They have a Justice League book, a Superman okay. book, a Teen Titans book, and a Batman book. Okay. Uh, for example, here, let me open up the Batman one here. But So they're doing 12 issues. I think uh, these aren't the 100-page yes, giants. Are, these are the 100-page giants. But, so all these stories are within one 100-page no, giant. Nope. So in the Batman giant, you get the first 12, the first 12 pages of Bendis' new story. And then, so uh-huh. this is issue three of the giants. Then it reprints part three of Hush, uh, part three of a Nightwing New 52 story, and part three of a Harley Quinn story. Gotcha. So they're, they're they're trying to be gateway drugs with a yeah, bunch yes. of different stories. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's what the that's hundred page giants have always been, though. Like, yeah. Back, if you go back to like okay. the like the seventies in DC, that's that was the only way that you could read, you know, older stuff because they would reprint it in those hundred page giants. Right. But it's only at Walmart. You can't gotcha. go to your. Yeah, the, yeah, store. These, these are only at Walmart. Um, and yeah, like I said, they're up, usually up near the front. Uh, if you find the Pokemon or Magic cards. They have like a little display right there. All right, they have them. Okay, and they're and they're five cool. bucks each. Oh, nice. Not bad. I mean, for twelve pages of something, because well, I mean, there's other stuff probably there. It's a hundred page. Well, there that is a hundred. Yes, but like twelve new pages. Yes, or something is what I'm saying. Okay. Cool, uh, Mr. Todd. Do you have anything to recommend? Yeah. So over the weekend, I was uh, locked up in a cabin with a bit of a cold. So I brought up with me the complete life and death. This was a huge crossover event between um, on Dark Horse. So it had Aliens, Predator, Prometheus, and Aliens versus Predator all did um, four issues apiece. Oh, is this uh, 
This is the Flesh and Stone, or this the, is the sequel or the other to one? this is the sequel to Fire and Stone. It's or called Fire Life. and Stone. Yeah, it's called Life and Death. Yeah, that was. The and everything gets involved, and it's um, as a huge crossover event. It actually did a fantastic job, and everything. Um, the artwork all sang across the whole bit, but basically, you revisit um, from the planet the Prometheus ship was on, and you've got the predators coming wanting that xenotech some more engineers wake up and there's a brood queen who is because of all the black goo they're having trouble with offspring so they've got one last um brood mare inside of a human and everything is converging it's kind of like a uh, alien predator battle of the five armies going on it's lots of fun yeah those, Very those nice. alien predator books that dark horse does i haven't I don't think I've read a bad one. I've mm-hmm. read some that are just okay, but for the most part, they're all a lot of fun. Yeah, this one was. It's kind of like the equivalent of the Archie books, yeah. right? I think it was Dan Abnett, Harold. Um, he he did, did a bunch one. of those. Yeah, yeah, of this one, but it was a lot of fun. It's worth a read. Mister Adam, do you have anything to recommend? Ah, <clears throat> uh, yeah. So this is a couple weeks after it came out. Um, so I've always been a huge fan of Venom ever since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I had like all the, I before my car got towed and lost everything, which is a long story. I had like the first appearance of Venom. I had the first day when uh, Eddie Brock thinks he kills Spider-Man, all kinds of fun stuff. <clears throat> so I was a little bit worried about the Venom movie. And you know, I'll be the first to say um, it's not a great movie. It'd be hard-pressed to even say that it's a good movie. Um, <laughs> it's a ton of fun, though. I, it's, it's, it's you know, we, we finally got a decent uh, portrayal of, of the character on the screen instead of, like, you know, Topher Grace back in the Spider-Man three days. I do have a question. Sure. Symbiote or symbiote? Symbiote. <clears throat> So, so in the trailer they said symbiote, and now in the movie they say symbiote. Oh, they but it's symbiote. The symbi- they they didn't use it the right way. It's so it's all wrong. Yes, it's still all wrong. Okay. Um, and if you're a huge comic book nerd and you're like you're slavish to your origin stories, this does change it up. Um, but the best part of this whole movie is uh, the <clears throat> inner dialogue between Eddie Brock and Venom, because mm-hmm. Venom is a catty bitch, and it's <laughs> wonderful because there's a scene where they're in this really high, they're in this office building. It's like waiting you know, 50, 100 stories up. And Venom's like, all right, let's jump out the window. Go. And then the next thing you see is Eddie pushing the button on an elevator. And Venom's like, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a lot of fun. Uh, there are two after credit scenes, one in the middle, one at the end. It's not a spoiler to say that the very, very last one is like a five-minute scene from uh, Into the Spider-Verse. So it's really, really cool. So it's not really an in-credit scene. It's like a extended yeah. preview. Of- uh, but there is a really cool... Um, you know, mid-credit scene that sets it up for the sequel. Which when I saw it, I'm like, this isn't gonna. You know, they won't make a sequel. It's already made its money back worldwide. And that includes marketing. So it it's actually wow. set the record for the highest-grossing opening weekend of any film in October. So wow. it, it, it did a lot better than they thought. Uh, it, they brought in double their projections and double their projections. They were projecting 40 mil, took an 80. All right, jeez. So okay. people get another one. I you know I'd like to see going forward that we can focus a little bit less on the originitis, but I, I give it a seven out of ten. It's a lot of fun. Cool. Um, and then I'm going to recommend since this is Kirkman's first book, I'm going to recommend one of his most recent. Uh, Trade just barely came out as we're recording this. It's probably been out for about a month now. By the time you're hearing this, uh, it's called Oblivion Song, and uh, that book is fantastic. it's really fun. I've really enjoyed it. So I just finished the first trade. Uh, the basic pitch I can kind of give for it is is that uh, there was some sort of interdimensional rift, and the city of Pittsburgh, it's Pittsburgh or Philadelphia, somewhere in Pennsylvania. Uh, I don't remember. One of the- Let's say Pittsburgh. That one sounds. Uh, it's not a crummy thing. It, it, it's a, it, so it might be Philadelphia, to be honest with you. It gets sucked, it gets sucked into a different dimension, and there's a small team of people who are still trying to go and rescue people out of that dimension and bring them back to ours. Um, in that dimension, in the city, there are all these crazy, weird monsters, um, and people are having like PTSD when they get back, and like the government's sort of given up on all the people that were there. And one of the guys who's see- uh, going there to seek out these people is looking for someone in particular, and you eventually find out that it's actually his brother. And so it's part of him searching for his brother and what's going on with these people uh, because there's still hundreds of people that have been lost in there that he's still looking for and he doesn't believe that all of them have been eaten by monsters yet. But it's it's got a little bit of Invincible's Aliens and it's got a little bit of The Walking Dead uh, Survivor kind of thing. It's kind of an interesting hybrid of some of Kirkman's other work, to be honest with you, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, Maya, you've read it. What are your thoughts? It's been a little bit since I read it because I got a like early copy uh-huh. of it, but I remember... 
it just being a lot of fun and wanting to know what happens next. Okay. But yeah, I've, I've only read that first trade. Gotcha. I want that to be the next uh, TV show they make. Next Kirkman TV show. Yeah, that's a possibility. I guess, I mean, well, when we get into Outcast, I'll, I heard an interview with Kirkman about that, which uh, I'll tell you about it as well. Uh, cool. Does anybody else have anything else they want to say, talk about? You guys all good? I think we're pretty good. I'm okay. good. Cool. Awesome. Jason, thanks again for joining us. I Hopefully we were gentle on your first podcasting experience. But still no loop. I know. Soft and caring. <laughs> we, we used some spit. <laughs> Yeah. Spit and sweat. I'm just glad that the uh, <laughs> Don't mention how classy wasn't involved. Oh, yeah. That was a terrible text message conversation that was happening on the side. Uh, cool. Well, then that'll do it for this week. So uh, join us again next week for Invincible as we continue on our Robert Kirkman month. Uh, thanks, everybody. We will see you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. And on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to FunnyBooksAndFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information. As well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop, tip your bartender well, and stay hydrated.